Welcome to the Adventures in Sustainable Living podcast. Your host has lived an off-grid, sustainable lifestyle for over 20 years. His homestead is run on solar energy. He has an earth shelter greenhouse and produces much of his own food. And all of this takes place in the middle of the forest in Colorado. Now, let's join Patrick, the man that not only teaches the skills of sustainable living, but lives that life every day. Welcome back, everyone, to the Adventures in Sustainable Living podcast. This is your host, Patrick, and this is episode number 28, which I have decided to title A Walk in the Woods. In this episode, I am going to first try to convince you how important it is to take a walk in the woods on a regular basis. Then I'm going to discuss how important that resource really is to all of us and how that resource is being destroyed and why. And then, of course, I want to tell you what you can do about it. And at the very end, I, of course, want to give you an important parting thought that will hopefully encourage you to change your way of thinking about the planet on which we live and the value of the forested areas on our planet. One of my favorite things in life to do, even to this day, is to go for a long walk in the woods. And this habit was truly ingrained in me as a child because I grew up in a rural area of North Georgia in southeastern Tennessee, and I spent a lot of time on the family farm. And this was a point in time where no one had a telephone, a television, and or much less even video games. And in my early childhood, I even remember that the farm didn't even have electricity. But I also distinctly remember these things slowly changing over the years. But the one thing that was always absent was the television. So what this meant for us as kids, and especially during the summer months when we were out of school, is that our parents, of course, would get tired of us hanging around the house. And oftentimes we were told to go outside and play and don't even come back until dinner time. But that was also a time in Tennessee and Georgia where things were actually very safe for kids. But what that also meant is that we had to be very creative in finding ways to entertain ourselves. And most of the time that meant playing on the creek bank, going fishing, or just running amok in the woods. But as we got a little bit older, we also got very creative about foraging for various things in the forest. So we would pick wild blackberries, walnuts, pecans, as well as many other things. And then we would actually package them up in little sandwich bags and set up a table at the local supermarket and sell our products. And every year without fail, at Christmas time, our best selling product was the mistletoe. So we would talk a grandfather into borrow, letting us borrow the 22 long rifle. And then we would spend hours in the woods shooting mistletoe out of the tops of trees. And we'd break it up and package it up and go back to the supermarket and spend the day selling mistletoe. And we would be elated when we would go home with somewhere between 5 and $10 in our pocket. Because at the time it was almost unheard of for a kid to have that much money. 
But when we had nothing better to do, or, you know, our entrepreneurial spirit was being quiet that day, we would just go for long, quiet walks in the woods. And just this simple act of sitting somewhere and enjoying the view and listening to the quiet and the total absence of man-made sounds was something I really truly cherished about how I grew up. And the interesting thing is that I have always craved such environments. And over the past 25 years, I have actually lived in such a place because my cabin backs up to National Forest and I've had no neighbors for the last 25 years. And I spend my time off routinely just working on things on the, on the homestead. And I go to bed at night and wake up in the morning in an environment of almost total peace and quiet. And I would say that 99% of the time, the only disruption to that peace and quiet is the crowing and gobbling of our own turkeys and roosters. And oftentimes, I really truly think that there would be a lot less anger in the world if everyone on a regular basis would actually make the effort to spend time in such places. And once you become accustomed to such an environment, you actually will crave spending time there. In fact, one of my biggest challenges is all the constant noise stimulation that I get from a busy day at work. And you may find this kind of funny, but my girlfriend Annette has a son that he's a he's a little over 16 now. I think he was a year and a half when we met, but he just recently got a job in a local restaurant. And overall, he's enjoying making his own money and getting off the homestead and making new friends. So I asked him just the other day how it was going. And he said he liked it, that he enjoyed the people that he worked with, and, and of course he's making new friends. But he also said that the one thing that truly bothered him by the end of the day was the overstimulation as a result of all the noise. And I find it so interesting that he would actually say that. So my younger sister is a psychologist. And her and I, of course, have had several conversations about this very thing. And, and some of the things that she has shared with me is that the benefits for people spending time in nature. And not only that, there is a growing body of research that clearly points to the beneficial effects of exposure to the natural world. And in fact, a recent study involving 20,000 people conducted by a man named Matthew White of the European Center for Environment and Human Health found that people who spend two hours a week in green spaces, such as parks or, or other natural environments, either all at once or several visits, were substantially more likely to report good health and psychological well-being compared to those who did not. Now, I will have to say I can't actually came across many studies that pointed to the beneficial effects of spending time in nature and the conclusion of those studies was that it, you have a greater feeling of happiness, you concentrate better, you're, it limits your stress, you tend to heal better, it even promotes weight loss. And I could even go on and on. 
But the bottom line is that being outside, taking a walk in the woods, spending time in nature is truly beneficial for your mental health and your well-being. And there are so many other benefits that we also receive from the natural world. Did you realize that in Western medicine, about 25% of all drugs are actually derived from rainforest plants? Now that is a pretty impressive statistic since less than 5% of Amazonian plants have even been studied for their potential medicinal benefits. And in the United States alone, it is estimated there are between three and 400 medicinal plants. And 20 of the best-selling prescription drugs in the United States are actually derived from some of these plants. In fact, 40% of prescription drugs used in Western medicine are derived from plants that people have been using for centuries. But we are, of course, destroying the very thing that is beneficial to us in so many ways. We are destroying these natural resources simply for a short-term gain. But at this point, that should probably not surprise anyone, especially if you've already listened to some of my previous episodes. But since 2016, so over the last five years, An average of 69.1 million acres, which is about 29 million hectares, that is the equivalent of one football field of forest that is being destroyed every single second around the clock. And it is also estimated that 140 rainforest plants become extinct every single day. And that is really quite unfortunate because 5% of those have only been studied, only 5% of those have been studied for their potential medicinal benefits. And moreover, at this point, as much as 80% of the world's forests have been irreparably damaged or even outright destroyed. Humanity has managed to alter at least 70% of the Earth's land mainly for agricultural purposes. So this begs the question, why is this happening? What are the long-term results? And what can you do about it? So for just a quick overview, our world of course is growing at breakneck speed. And consequently, the increasing need for space is actually turning out to be a major problem. So as far as humanity is concerned, you know, there is a desperate need for land that is used for agricultural, land that is used for industrial purposes, as well as land that is used for housing that is related to our sprawling urban areas. And what happens as a result of this is that land is permanently cleared of tree and plant cover to be used for these purposes. But to just be a bit more specific. Agricultural activities are by far the most significant cause of deforestation. In fact, the Food and Agricultural Organization of the United Nations says that agricultural activities lead to 80% of the deforestation, 
with subsistence agriculture causing one-third of that. Livestock ranching, of course, is responsible for another 14%. Illegal logging, urbanization and overpopulation, pollution making the land unfit for the growth of trees, mining, of course, completely destroys the land, forest fires, and paper production. America, China, Canada, and Japan combined produce 400 million tons of paper each year. And this accounts for approximately 640 million trees each and every year. But now that you know all of this and what is going on, let's talk about the effects of deforestation. And there is, there is quite a long list, but just talking about climate imbalance and climate change. So the trees, of course, are intrinsically linked to the climate balance. So trees absorb carbon dioxide. They produce oxygen. They release water vapor. Trees also provide shade that keeps the soil moist. And a lack of trees causes drier conditions, increased temperatures, and leads to climate change. And this, of course, results in global warming. And then there is soil erosion and destruction, wildlife extinction, and habitat loss. Just the massive removal of trees is the direct cause of habitat loss, species relocation, and extinction. And believe it or not, deforestation is also related to ocean acidification. So the trees can no longer absorb the CO2 because they're not there and the oceans serve as a huge sinkhole for CO2, and this massive loss of tree cover increases CO2 in the atmosphere and results in acidification of the oceans. And next on the list is our loss of biodiversity. Did you know that about 80% of our global biodiversity is actually located in tropical forests? And believe it or not, we are also producing food insecurity. So I find it a bit ironic that deforestation to produce food actually results in food insecurity. But I'll get back to that here in just a moment. Now with all that knowledge in hand, what can actually be done about it? How can you actually help the situation? But once again, of course, some of the things that I'm going to suggest are going to require a conscious change in some of the ways in which you live. Well, first on the list of things that need to be done, of course, is government regulation, which uh, most of you are probably going to laugh at that because it's unlikely that the government will actually step in, but um, because that's like asking the government to stop oil production, which is never going to happen because there's just too much money involved. But if the government were to step in and ban deforestation, that of course would produce a significant improvement in the situation. Reforestation is also a fantastic idea and in, in many ways developers that love to clear land for urbanization, well they should be required to put a plan in place to plant and replace more trees than what they cut down and additionally land that's previously cleared for agricultural activity should be reforested. But one thing that's very simple for you to do is to simply 
reduce your consumption of paper. Now, this is a big one for many of us because we consume paper and never even think about it. Napkins, toilet paper, printing paper, notebooks, sticky notes, cardboard packaging. So make a conscious effort to reduce the amount of paper that you consume and even go paperless. So for example, I never even write myself notes anymore. I only make notations in my smartphone and on my iPad. And before I go to the supermarket, I type my grocery list into my iPhone. So another easy thing that all of us can do can be to eat less meat. So I'm gonna have to admit that, that I was even hesitant to make this kind of change in my life for a while, but over the past year of working on this podcast uh, episodes, I've learned a lot and I've learned a lot about the significant effects that the meat industry truly has on the environment. So I would say over the past year, we are, we are probably consuming maybe 30% or more less meat. And it it's also beneficial that I actually work with a lot of people that are either vegetarians or, or vegan. And they've been giving me some fantastic recipes for uh, things that are made from plant-based sources of proteins. But um, if you don't happen to work with people with vegetarian or vegan preferences, then get a cookbook because it's an easy way to explore some new ideas. And you can, of course, purchase products from forest-friendly companies and reduce your consumption of products that promote deforestation. And one product, which you are probably completely unaware of, is that palm oil, which appears in numerous products. It is one of the most widely consumed vegetable oil products on the planet. And it is present in lipstick, pizza dough, instant noodles, ice cream, detergents, margarine, chocolate, cookies, packaged bread, and shampoo. And yet, the clearing of forests for the production of this one product is significant. And lastly, a very simple thing that you can do is to educate others. So many people are still completely unaware of what is going on in the world. So speak out. Educate others on the problems and challenges that we face and encourage them to make better choices. And in fact, episode 18 was titled, Choices Make Changes. So, you know, something that I realized just the other day is that it's so easy to sit back and talk about climate change. And in this case, deforestation. And yet, so many people do not feel motivated, much less obligated, to make a change. And personally, I think part of the challenge is that there is no one single cause of this problem. And consequently, it is hard for any of us to appreciate the fact that it's even happening at all, much less the potential devastating effects it can have on all of us. But this is why I encourage my listeners to listen to the information that I offer and then do some research on your own. And certainly, you know, take advantage of the additional resources that I provide to do some further reading. 
So just for a quick recap, deforestation is responsible for climate change, global warming, soil erosion and destruction, species extinction, habitat loss, ocean acidification, loss of biodiversity, and food insecurity. Any one of these things could and would eventually produce devastating changes to the life that we have on Earth. And, I mean, for example, our loss of biodiversity. It reduces the amount of species that we can potentially use to our advantage as a food source. And did you know at this point in time, there are only a handful of animal species and plant species that actually provides 80% of our food supply. So by destroying and losing our biodiversity, we lose a significant potential resource for food that will feed the planet. Here are things that you can do. Help with reforestation. Reduce your consumption of paper eat less meat, purchase forest-friendly products, refuse to use products that contain palm oil, and educate others on how their choices affect the environment. So for this next week, I would like to challenge my listeners to simply take two to three hours out of your busy schedule and take a walk in the woods. Visit a local park, a green space, sit by a creek. Only then will you truly appreciate the healthy benefits of spending time in such places. And only then will you appreciate how I live every single day. Perhaps only then will you appreciate what it is that we stand to lose, not only locally, but on a global scale. The forest that we have provide us with many, many benefits from mitigating climate change, providing oxygen, providing a valuable source of useful medications, substantial biodiversity, and even food security. But we are slowly but surely destroying a valuable resource. Remember that choices make changes. So just for one simple example, The Starbucks company produces 8,000 non-recyclable paper cups per minute, which adds up to over 1 billion a year, which means 1.6 million trees have to be harvested yearly just to produce disposable cups that are not recyclable and they end up in the trash. Choices make changes. So learn to choose differently. Now, there are an amazing number of articles on various topics that discuss how our choices are responsible for deforestation. And I do have a number of these articles referenced in the transcript for this podcast episode. So feel free to download that transcript and read some of these articles and see for yourself. So now in closing, the final thought I want to pass along in this this episode is a quote by Chief Seattle in 1852. Chief Seattle said, 
The earth does not belong to man. Man belongs to the earth. All things are connected like the blood that unites us all. Man did not weave the web of life. He is merely a strand in it. Whatever he does to the web, he does to himself. This is your host, Patrick, signing off until next week. So please join me next week for another episode of the Adventures in Sustainable Living podcast. And always remember to live sustainably because this is how we build a better future.